So, Berto, you know that when patrons write in, we usually give their emails preference over the lowly non-patrons, right? I did not know that. I yeah. thought that we gave preference to randos. No, 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 no randos. Patrons only. Oh. If we get all the patron emails answered, then I start going to the listener. <laughs> but the patron email list is so long. <laughs> you can never get it. <laughs> unless, unless a listener writes in a particularly poignant email, which which it's, happens from now and then. It's funny. I was gonna in my head. I was hearing poignant, and that's exactly the word you used. <laughs> <laughs> We're in sync. Um, so we have an email from Patron Karen that I want to talk about today. She has questions about how we make the podcast. So I thought we'd do that today. What do you say? I think that's a brilliant idea. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host. Dr. Kirk Honda, I'm a therapist and a professor. Who are you, Berto? My name is Humberto Castaneda, and I am a traffic planner for the city of Seattle. Patron Karen writes, Hey, Kirk, I think it would be really cool if you did a podcast about your process with making these podcasts. I want to know if you have a thought about an idea and complete it fairly quickly, or maybe have several ideas going at once. Berto, what do you think the answer to that one is? First of all, the topic is meta. Maybe we could even do a podcast about planning a podcast about how we do the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we usually, I mean, you usually have a multitude of potential ideas. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah I've been keeping track. I mean, we've been doing the podcast since late 2008. So it's, it's almost nine years. It's crazy. And it, since then, this list has just been growing and growing and growing. And I, when I when I run out of ideas, which is rare, I'll go to that list and I'll just look at it, and I'm just <laughs> like, "Oh my god!" Because you would have thought at first, like, "Well, how many topics could we do?" <laughs> there's <laughs> there's so many things to talk about. So many. I mean, there are times when I come across a research article, and I was like, "I want to make like five episodes just about this one mm-hmm. research article." Right. And that happens regularly. Yeah, right. I, I'm writing a a book on supervision. And I have reviewed probably thousands of research uh, studies on supervision. Like 2010? 2010? Like people that can see really well. I get it. (laughs) I don't even know what it has to do with 2010. Supervision. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, 2020. Yeah. 2010 is even better. (laughs) We need to have a name for that kind of joke when you say something and you pretty much know I'm not going to get it. And then you just stare at me. Uh, a hanger. What was the a hanger? This is uh, called a Birdo joke a because joke. you do this all the time. You let you say a joke, and I know you're smart enough to know that I'm probably not going to get it because it's so random. Well, I, that's part of my my fun that I have secretly is okay. How can I make a comment that will be just sound random enough to where people could think it's just a random comment, but it's got a thread in there. But the which I'll get into more <laughs> later in terms of having to manage p- other people on the podcast. <laughs> silence in a podcast is 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 the worst thing you can have. But there's no silence because see, all the podcast listeners are laughing raucously and hysterically during that pause, so they don't miss the pause. Yeah, or they miss the pause. <laughs> so I, I like if you want to say a like a terrible joke that's just <laughs> like on its face terrible, I would much rather have you do that and have me go like that's a stupid joke than say something that I it's so deadpan I don't even know you're joking. That's that's you're killing the comedy. <laughs> Let's do it again where I actually react in the real world and I'll have the listeners listen to what it would actually sound like without me like 
having a mini freak out in the zone. So I wrote a book on supervision. Oh, do you mean 2010? <laughs> don't laugh because okay. you don't laugh. Yeah, shit. Okay. This is, I'm so writing a book on, on supervision. Oh, like 2010? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I listen to podcasts and when they go silent... Unless I know, like, oh, they're going silent for some kind it's of negative purpose. negative space, man. Negative space is awesome in visual art because you're looking at something. In silence, you think your phone has died, and that's, <laughs> it's like, not, not good for people. Um, okay, so, yeah, you ask patron Karen, you want to know uh, about topics and, yeah, and, and, and how long it takes to prepare i think i want to know if you have a thought about an idea and complete it fairly quickly or maybe have several ideas going at once well it depends some 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 topics i do very quickly like i just read your email just now and and made some notes about how to respond and then and but but some uh, times i have an idea i have ideas that i sometimes resurrect from a list that i jotted down seven years ago yeah things that i've just been dying to talk about you know like i i want to do an episode i did an episode recently on donald winnicott and i've been wanting to do a deep dive on him for a long time or i wanted i want to do a deep dive on carl rogers i want to do a deep dive on whitaker and satir and there's all these people that i want to do but and have been intending on doing but it just there's so many other topics to do Right. And, and the world keeps on moving. Stuff happens all the time. Many of many things happen which we want to talk about because they have some sort of psychological significance. Right. Exactly. There's things that happen in the news and blah blah blah. <laughs> and you know, patrons email email us and whatnot. So uh, on the other hand so you're also kind of asking about how long it takes to prep and I'll and I'll tell you that some episodes take very little time to prep 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 for. But as time has gone on and and patrons have signed up, it's justified me spending more of my time preparing for the podcast to to make better podcasts, really. Right. Even like kind of throwaway podcasts that you and I do, like about Black Mirror or something, I spend probably 20 hours prepping for it. I watch all the episodes again. I take notes. I I look up the actors and, you know, compile all these lists and... Because if you were going to, you know, a topic comes up, you might have a vision for what you want to say about it. But if you really do your research, you could have a super vision about it. Like 2010? What? <laughs> you blew it. You're supposed to just have silence. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, most, most topics that seem like they take time take a lot of time. The Game of Thrones episodes, the Black, even the Black Mirror episodes, Donald Winnicott, EMDR, etc., these episodes can take anywhere from eight hours to 80 hours, maybe even wow. longer for me to prepare for. And I do this during my free time after work from my work at the university or after work in my private practice. But it's fun for me to do. It's creative. I enjoy learning about these things. Mm-hmm. And the patrons make it worth my time. She goes on here. Do you strive to work a certain number of hours a day on the podcast or just go with making one whenever you have time. I will tell you that I make one whenever I have the time because my weeks are so random. Some, mm-hmm. you know, some weeks my work is very busy and some weeks they aren't and I have, you know, I, I'm writing a book right. that about 2010 and there's there's lots of different things I'm doing and so 
this is what I do when I don't have anything else that I need to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> like there, there's, there's a lot of things in my life I have to do. Right. right. I, ha- I have to, uh, yeah, edit out silences that Birdo causes on the podcast. <laughs> you have to pay the bills. Yeah. And so this is, this is what I do extra. And that's always the way it's been. You know, I've always been working in the, in, um, you know, sometimes who people who listen to the podcast will know that I'll be recording the podcast at midnight or one in the morning <laughs> because that's that's because usually in that situation, I will have been preparing for it for several hours prior. Right. And then I'm like, well, if I go to bed, wake up, go to work, get home, do mm. some chores, maybe I'll have time and, and all the thinking will go away. Right. You'll have to reboot your brain. And- right. And so I might as well just do it now when my brain is, uh, you know, has it all crammed yeah. in, in there and and sacrifice the fact that I'm about to pass out. <laughs> she also asked, do you hire anyone to do your research or do you do it all yourself? I find this to be the most preposterous question. Uh, yeah, I do it all by myself. <laughs> I don't think I could hire someone because as I research the topic, as I was saying before, I become aware of the landscape and all the nuances involved in that topic. If someone just handed me a summary, I would probably sound like someone who was reading a summary yeah. instead of someone who really knew what he was talking about. Yeah, it's like when you have a reporter who did the research and wrote the report versus someone reporting on the report. Right. Yeah. If you just read from a report, then it comes across in a very different way. And I can tell podcasts that are doing that, and I hate it. I, I like listening to podcasts and and reading uh, people, reading writings from writers, <laughs> yeah. from people that you can tell, like their knowledge is, is deep, and they're just telling you the, the cliff notes of yeah. what they know, you know. Because if you try to dig any deeper... I mean, your knowledge only extends to what that summary would be. Right, exactly. Another question, patron Karen asks, do you wait to be inspired or do you think inspiration comes while you're working? As I was saying earlier, I'm inspired all the time, probably too often. There, There are so many topics and not enough time. Sometimes I fantasize about locking myself in a room for like three months and just banging out like <laughs> a thousand episodes so I can get all of because I'm a list maker and, a, and I sure. cro- and I like to cross things off my list and I have a lot of things <laughs> on my list with this but in fact my to-do list pretty because I've, I've been pretty good about getting rid of a lot of things on my to-do list but I would say 95% of the things on my to-do list have to do with the podcast wow <laughs> She also asked, do you brief guests much on the episode of the podcast beforehand? Uh, that's a good question. You know, do, do, we, do we brief the guests right. before they come on? And the answer is no, I never brief the guests, but I should. I just, I just don't have the time, I think, or the professionalism, or really even I, the times where I've done brief briefings of, of guests, it doesn't seem to make any effect. Right. You know, some guests just have no idea how to be on a podcast. Um, you know, they come on the podcast and they stammer and they, they're, they're either completely freaking out or they just don't know what they came here to do. It's like they, <laughs> they reached out to me to be on a podcast and then they just sort of show up. The and idea then I, sounded good. And then I ask them questions and they're like, well, I don't know. And, and you know, you've been there. Oh, when, yes. You know? <laughs> where, where it feels like... We are the ones 
asking them to talk about their topic. <laughs> right. It, 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 like if someone just came into the room and listened for a few minutes, they would have assumed we just grabbed someone off the street and forced them into a podcast. <laughs> I don't really want to do this. Yeah. Um, but I do actually try to prep people in ways like uh, people are, especially new people to podcasting, are almost always anxious. I was extremely anxious for the first number of months whenever yeah. we turn on the on the uh, recorder. And so I can relate to that and I can see when people are freaking out. I've, I've had people who are, there's something about a microphone too that I think freaks people out. <laughs> and I've had people who have been on the radio, on TV and uh, police officers who obviously have been through a lot of stress and they come on the podcast and their adrenaline starts to pump. There's just something about a <laughs> microphone being shoved in your face and, right. and, and then having to talk off the cuff, you know? Right. And it's different than if you, some of them, like if you have been in settings where you have one of those little clip-on mics, those you can sort of forget about. Right. You can't forget about this yeah. thing. These <laughs> mics are, and I and I always put them as close as I can to their face. Right. Because it provides the best audio quality. I also try to help them understand how to use a microphone. That, that usually takes a lot of time. So I, I have a I have a spiel that I tell everyone um, because what do you think are some of the problems with the microphone. <laughs> yeah. See, so Berto was just like a foot away from the mic, and and that's the the quality difference. You know, it's so it's so even just a few inches away from the mic, it's it's a drastic drop off in quality. Uh, her last question here from Patron Karen is. Have you ever just posted a podcast without listening to it back? The answer is yes. But for the first six or seven years, I edited each episode word by word, which meant I had to slowly listen back to each episode about 10 to 20 times. <laughs> and especially when we had more than two people, like we would have four people, there's four audio tracks. And yep. sometimes people talk over each other. And so I'd have to like cut out one person's track and... So it, 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 you know, if an episode was say an hour, which is like a typical length, it probably took me about ten to twenty hours to edit that that yeah. one hour episode. Uh, in the end, uh, as I I don't do this anymore, but in the end, as I was doing this, I actually developed a sort of exercise routine to do while I was editing, where I would run in place next to my computer. <laughs> Uh, because there are times, like the last final time I would listen back to it, I, w I wasn't doing a lot of interacting with the file. And so I could I could sort of jog in place to like <laughs> at least get some kind of exercise. You yeah. Know? But lately, I have finally developed enough skill as a podcast host to not require editing, which is a wonderful thing. For instance, this episode, we've been talking this whole time, and I'm guessing I'm not going to edit anything out, even the argument that we had about the 2010 joke. Um, now, back in the day, it, I would have said something stupid or I would it would have gone too far and I would have taken it out. And then once I took that out, then I'd have to take out every other reference to 2010. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, but yeah, lately, I, I've, I've developed enough skill as a podcaster to not require editing. And there are a lot of skills that I've learned that you need as a podcaster to not have to, or just just in general there's just a lot of skills what what kind of skills have you developed or you think i've developed over the years well i was gonna say like for example especially when it's just the two of us uh over the years i have intuitively 
mostly developed the ability to just not talk about things I don't want to talk about. And every now and then I'll slip up and, you know, but it's not that frequent. What um, do you mean? You, 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 what are you saying? Like about things that I don't want to talk about about myself or, or topics that I don't want to really go into. Like I think initially I would maybe venture down more paths that I either you or I were not comfortable with. And then over the years I was just like, I just found more of a of a playground within which I can operate like, fairly safely, like politics or religion, uh, or, or even personal details. Like at oh. some point, you know, I know every now and then I'll say something that I don't, really, you know, because it's a very public forum. Yeah, and so I only want to talk about you know all my preferences with sexuality and all my <laughs> uh, hangups and all my history. Yeah, but there's things like. You know what size shoe I wear that I just don't want to discuss. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Uh, and then the the other thing is, you and I have done this so many times that um, we sort of have an automatic back and forth. Yeah. Uh, when it when there's other guests involved, then it start. You know, and then the more guests and the more they're less or the less used they are to podcasts, that's where it starts getting a little trickier. Yeah. 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 I've actually learned over time that when it's you and me. Things go very smoothly <laughs> when I when we whenever we add other people or when I'm with other people and you're not here, things are much less smooth. And so you and I have developed a, a rhythm and a, we understand where you you it's like I'm leading you know and I'm reading my notes and then you know when to ch- chime in and for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was writing in my notes about this, I knew, I, I, I predicted that exact <laughs> <laughs> Um I also learned to, to speak quickly and clearly. I, I come from a family of slurs. Slurs? My, my mom and my dad are both, they both are, are not very articulate. I mean, they're smart oh. people, but <laughs> but they kind of slur their words. You know, we, we don't come from a, a bunch of fast New York talkers. Oh know? yeah. We're, we come from a bunch of slow talkers and, and that doesn't work as well as speaking quickly and clearly. Well, you know, when I was first, uh, performing music in public many, many years ago, yeah. um, I had not started or I was just starting to take voice lessons or something. And I remember I did a little open mic with my guitar and afterwards I went up to my friend and I'm like, Hey, how how did it sound? And he was like, well, I couldn't understand almost any word you said. And I'm like, really? And then like, I think I had recorded or I heard it back. I'm like, oh, man, I'm slurring everything. And then when I was starting to take voice lessons, that was one of the first things I worked on. Because I thought I was pronouncing things, but I wasn't. I was saying, well, like this. Well, like <laughs> well the funny thing is, is when it comes to singing and art, like there are plenty of singers that no one understands what they're saying. Yeah, and it's that's still, true. And, it's and I guess great. if you don't mind, or if or even if it's intentional. But I actually wanted people to hear my lyrics. <laughs> so. Also, I have to refrain from saying anything stupid, which took me years to learn how to do. <laughs> There's so many things that pop into your head when you're doing a podcast mm-hmm. that you would say in a casual conversation that should not be on a podcast. It, it, it obviously, you know, big things like like personal issues or yeah. some kind of, but also just other like tangents that you might go on. You know, when you're doing a podcast, you, you need to stay on track essentially. Yeah. Otherwise people, uh, when I listen to podcasts where they don't stay on track, it, it drives me crazy. 
I also have to catch any audio problem and address it before the recording starts. So if someone is <sighs> breathing in a, yeah, or hitting the microphone or, or buzzes and, or yeah, there's some kind of buzz yeah. in the equipment. I have, I have to address that before, which requires me to just almost unconsciously pick up on things. But before we start recording, right. Whereas before I wouldn't pick up on things and then I would record the whole thing or I'd notice like halfway through the podcast that we had a buzz <laughs> and I'd be like too nervous to stop or something. You know, there's just all these there's there's all these things running around in your head. And I, I remember that actually when we did the podcast uh, for the first five or six years. Yeah. At the end of recording a podcast episode. I would be so tired. My brain would mm-hmm. be so tired because it was it was working on a thousand different tasks at once. Right. Whereas now it's so automatic to me that it I, I still get fatigued when we record, you know, like the Black Mirror episode was, oh, that was long. <laughs> four hours long. Was it? I think wow. so, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I have to notice any moment that should be edited and make a mental note to go back and edit that part instead of listening back to the whole mm-hmm. file. I have to go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, do you remember the, the episode with Lita? Uh, it was one of the early video ones and we were standing, but there was some like construction going on Oh yeah, and it was so loud and the audio was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it was on Queen Anne and yeah, there, yeah. Was, there was construction and I had to EQ that to right. this just narrow band and right. it sounded like we were talking through like a <laughs> like a little tube you know i also have to make sure i'm super prepared so the episode doesn't drift off into something stupid i i also as i was talking about earlier have to manage other people on the podcast like like, like, like berto <laughs> um i might have to interrupt someone if if they're going on a long tangent uh berto doesn't do that ever but, <laughs> but other people do uh, I might have to remind them that we're talking on the internet and that everything we say will be broadcast to literally everyone who has an internet connection. Because sometimes people say stuff and I'm like, are you sure you want that on the internet? Right. And so I'll, I have to manage that. Um, and as I have in my notes here, I, I might have to jump in when someone pauses. Because <laughs> some people do that too. So sure. when you make a 2010 Birdo joke, then there's the, you're trying to pause, but some people actually pause a lot when they talk because they're trying to think, they're trying to like right. yeah. And when you're in the room with them, it 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 you don't even notice it, right? But when you're listening to a podcast and there's just dead space, mm-hmm. it will drive you crazy. There's something right. about an audio medium that just abhors silence because you ask them like so so what happened then, and then it's like mm. well. Um, I was, mm. no, it's longer than that. I mean, it's weird. Like, like it, you would you like you and I don't do that because we've right. learned not to do that. And we're just generally not those kinds of people. Well, I kind of am. I'm kind of a pauser. Well, it's funny. I've learned to be a pauser for, for example, at work and stuff because all my life I was a, you asked me a question. I'm already answering before you finish the question. Yeah. And I had to learn to like, oh, okay, let me think a little bit before I start answering. Uh, which is sort of the opposite that you want in the podcast. Well, you you slowing down means you're probably on a on a normal pace. I mean, sure. at least on the podcast, you're on a normal. Yeah, normal that's pace. fair. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, pausing in speeches is, is better than going um right. Just just pause. It's it's fine right. to pause. 
I also have to monitor time and figure out a way to wrap things up at the end. For instance, I'm, I, I have a big clock that I'm watching to kind of time things because we now have breaks with ads in them and stuff. So I have mm-hmm. to keep track of that, which is kind of difficult sometimes and I sometimes mess up. I also have to monitor the mood of the other people on the podcast because if, if people get squirrely, the podcast will go off the rails, which happens sometimes. <laughs> yep. And, you know, Berto, you've been there for moments like that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Someone will get hurt or angry or despondent or just right. non-responsive. And then and then the, they just drag the podcast down a hole. And I need to learn how to prevent that from happening because it's so awkward. And, yeah. and you can hear it uh, yeah, you know, yeah. on the podcast. We haven't ever made someone cry. We need to do that. Are you sure? someone in here, like on purpose, like till breaking them down, till they're bawling and we got to do it. (laughs) I also have to be non-sleep deprived and well fed and well hydrated and empty bladdered, Mm -hmm. you know? Like a pet. (laughs) There's just a lot of things that you have to do that I've learned over the years that I have to do as a podcaster. But mostly, you just have to get used to doing podcasts. It's, It's a... It's something that I I just feel it in my bones that now I'm way more comfortable than I was, say, five years ago. You feel it in your fingers. And I've never been a talk off the cuffer. In my family, I was one of the younger kids. Mm-hmm. I, I have two I have two extroverted older siblings, and they were a lot older, like six years old or seven years older. And so I was the young little kid who who didn't talk, who was in his own world playing with his Legos and making up his stories in his right. head and, and completely like independent, right? And so I never really was verbal. And whenever I had to give a speech or read in front of the class as uh-huh. a kid, it would completely freak me out. Really? Oh, yeah. You didn't wow. know that about I me? I didn't know that, no. That's one, of, that's one of the defining features of my childhood. I can remember wow. specific times, going back to like the first grade, of having just to read like a sentence in front of the class and just losing my crap. I never knew that because ever since I've known you, I've never thought, I mean, you've always been... Uh, you know, someone that would start a conversation would approach others. No, and, no, no. I'm not. I'm not talking about talking conversations. Yeah. I'm talking about like presenting and. Yeah, I'm talking about doing yeah. something formal or. Well, and you play music though in front of people, and but music I can do because because yeah. music has a has a structure to it or something. Uh-huh. You know, it has a you. I don't improv usually, although we we did play in an improv group for a while, and, yeah. and that was kind of interesting, but. The the issue is is that when I get up on stage or I, I put up or a microphone like let me give you an example. For you know, we've been in bands over the years. Yep. And whenever we would play, uh, Huber, Chris Huber, the drummer in my band. Right. He's great on a stage talking, but he's the drummer and he's in the back. And he would always yell at me, Kirk, talk to the crowd. <laughs> You know, I'm right up front. I'm the singer, you know, <laughs> and I'm the guitar, you know, the guitar player. I'm right there. And whenever the song, so I'd sing the song and I'd be screaming and jumping around. The song would end. <laughs> and then Huber would be like, Kirk, say something. And I'd be like, <laughs> every time, every time I would try to, I'd try to sort of mix it up, you know, sure. make a joke or comment on something. I could look out in the crowd and see everyone just kind of looking around like, what did he say? What's going on? <laughs> you know, like what's happening? You know, that's how bad, that's how bad I am, you know, because I just, I can't, 
I don't have that. I didn't have that skill, but now I do. And, and I so see. being a professor actually has helped that because when you're a professor and you're on stage in front of a bunch of people teaching and the way Antioch is experiential, it's not lecture-based. Okay. I have to interact and, and, and move when they present something. So mm. I have to adjust and someone say, I have to, I have to react, you know? So you've gained that skill over the years. Right. And on the podcast, you just do this for nine years. Yeah. And eventually your brain just learns how to can make the you know, to connect the dots in such a way that I can keep talking in a way that makes things at least halfway interesting. Yeah. Whereas before, I mean, I don't know if you remember when we first started doing the podcast, I couldn't with this conversation right here, I wouldn't have been able to have. Oh wow. Yeah, because for me, I've had a little bit of a different path. I've always loved talking yeah in front of people but but i i have to say though when i started playing in bands uh it's not that i didn't talk or want to talk but my brain would definitely get shut down a little bit so i would say something like so everyone's doing how's how's everyone how's everyone tonight you know like like it would get jumbled like almost yoda speakers or something i mean no offense but you still are kind of like that when you're when you're playing that could be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you tend not to say much in between yeah. the songs, but when you do, it's not as free and right. charming as you are normally. <laughs> How's right? everyone back, the people? Well, <laughs> I know you well enough to know that you take your performances very seriously. Yes. And you have a lot of things to think about. That's true. You're playing the bass. Your bass lines are always like the most complex <laughs> ever. <laughs> You're the only singer, so you're you know you have yeah. that. You're you're trying to keep your voice within the range that it sounds good, and not get too tired and all that. Yeah, th- totally. It's a lot of stuff too. And I can think. tell when you're on stage, you're really you're really concentrating on a lot of yeah. things. And then when whenever you go to the mic to say, now I'm not saying I'm good at it. I feel no, like, but I feel like now that I have done so much public speaking in the last few years. And the podcast and stuff. I, I I wonder if I went back on stage, if I would be better. I'd do better banter in between. It's interesting because so first of all, you're right about all those things, and I also it's not like I play daily. You know, yeah. playing out. I there was a period ten years ago when I was playing a lot. Lately, you know, it's a show every blue moon. Right. But when I do presentations, like for work, those I do all the time. Yeah. So those now I've gotten really natural and good at it. I'm, I'm really good at it. Um, but it's still the the mental process going through my head is well I I prepared the slides I know what I'm gonna say right. so I am sort of in control of it right. uh, and I don't have to be playing a, a bass or a guitar I don't have to be doing all these other mental gymnastics yeah me too when I'm prepared for a talk I'm much better yeah. when I have to speak off the cuff but I have to say I've gotten better and I consider it to I, I'm a little proud of it because. I was so terrible at it. I mean, I, 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 and I still am to some extent. Like there, there are still times when I'm called on to just talk off the cuff. Like, for instance, we're having graduation soon. Uh, this podcast might come out after graduation, but it's graduation time of year for my mm-hmm. university, and I was going to have to give a speech to uh, all the students, and as program director and it's just sort of a random circumstance, but I was kind of sweating it a little bit, Mm -hmm. even though I knew exactly the gist of what I was going to say. And the pressure was pretty low because it's not, it's not a long speech. It's just like, I probably just have to talk for like 30 seconds or something. (laughs) Um, And I could probably say almost nothing and no one would care, but I want to, I want to do it good, you know? 
Well, I was sort of sweating it. And even though I'm a professor and I'm a podcaster and I'm program director and like I do these things all the time, but I was, I was sweating it. Other people in my position would not be sweating it. They'd just be like, they'd be like, oh yeah, that thing I'm doing later, you know? And really, if I could think that way, it'd be better because if I just randomly started talking, I'd probably be much better <laughs> than all the kind of, uh, you know, overthinking I do. And then uh, uh, recently it was decided that they're going to break everyone up into different groups. And so now I only have to do this for like a hundred people or something. Oh, wow. And yeah. I'm like way more relaxed now for some reason. That's good. Um, yeah, it was so bad. I gave, I was best man for Chris Glover's wedding mm-hmm. and I gave the best man speech and I was stone cold sober, by the way, just oh. a little detail. <laughs> and I had been sweating this best man speech for so long that I was so nervous. And when I said it, I switched the words around to say that I wish they don't have a long life together. Oh, no. And yeah, it was brutal. Like everyone just kind of said like, everyone was like, what did he say? And it came out all kind of garbled and weird. Oh, no. And I was, you know, shaking and, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm like, I'm awful. Like I I have, it's, so for me to be able to just even talk into a microphone I feel I feel uh, you know good about it. it. It feels like a huge accomplishment, honestly. That's great. I mean, you know, I, I have I have to say that when I am presenting to a lot of people, it's actually easier for me. Yeah. Because I I can just say what I came to say like, without like five hundred people, a thousand people. Well, like even a hundred or more, you uh-huh. know. But the difference is when I'm in a room with say ten people. Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes it's much harder. And the reason is usually because there's one or more individuals that I know are very nitpicky about things. Mm-hmm. And they might be in a position of authority. So they could s- interrupt s- you or something. Or even if they're not interrupting me, I feel them judging my yeah. words. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to close, I just want to talk about the different traumas I've been through regarding this. Because <laughs> like, I don't remember a lot from... I mean, I remember a, a fair amount from my childhood. But, you know, the memories are limited, right? Yeah. The, the percentage of my childhood memories related to what we're talking about is probably like one out of five memories. Wow. You know, like I remember in the, see, this would have been the seventh grade, I gave a speech about tigers, I think. <laughs> I remember uh, around that time giving a speech about Switzerland that I was totally, and it was just like, go to the encyclopedia. What's mm-hmm. the what's the primary export of Switzerland? Where is it? What's the square miles? You know, it was, it was all on cue cards. Yeah. And I was completely freaking out. I remember, and the other thing was, was in my life, I've always got up on stage anyway, is the thing. I see. Like in, in high school, I ran for student government, even uh-huh. though I didn't care about student government. <laughs> and I completely screwed up that speech. It, I won't even go, I think I've talked about it in the podcast before. Uh, yeah, there's just all these moments where I just completely... I, I I volunteer to be on stage and then I ruminate about it for six months and say, <laughs> Kirk, don't ever do this again. This is terrible. <laughs> this is terrifying. But then you go into it. Yeah. <laughs> so like imagine being a comedian. <laughs> yeah. Where you're bombing sometimes. Oh. I've actually thought oh. about trying like five minutes of stand up, you know, try to get five minutes of, yeah. of, of jokes essentially. Because the difference between playing in a band is if you play in a band and you play music that they didn't quite care for or they weren't that excited for 
they'll still politely clap anyways. Or even if they don't clap. It doesn't. It's okay. You silence, can move on. Silence is expected because yeah. you're so loud. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But in a comedy club, if no one laughs. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually even thought about this. I thought I would account for that fear by having a set that wasn't funny. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I see. Like it'd be more story based. Norm McDonald. <laughs> yeah. Just just more kind of like long stories that sure. are entertaining but not guffaw because I, I don't feel like I'm a guffaw kind of person. Right. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope that answers your question, patron Karen. Uh, everyone, please take care of yourself out there because... You deserve it.